0: Long this, talk is Radio. this is the Hellbender Book Show on uh, BookSpeak Network. I'm your host, Kyle Alexander-Romaz. A uh, little about me by way of introduction. I'm an author from Kentucky. Uh, I'm also a medical doctor. I graduated from the University of Louisville School of Medicine in 2017. My debut horror novel, The Keeper of the Crows, it appeared on the preliminary ballot of the 2015 Brom Stoker Awards. I've written six other books in horror, science fiction, fantasy, uh, western, and thriller categories. All of them are available for purchase on Amazon in ebook and paperback. Right now, my new release, Drone, is available in ebook for 99 cents on Amazon, but only for today. It is number seven in the superhero fiction category. So if you want to check it out, You can get it for the price of less than a cup of coffee, but you're going to have to act fast. Um, On this show, I review horror novels and interview authors. I'm usually joined by some of my co-hosts and friends, uh, but tonight I'm flying solo. And I want to get started and introduce you to tonight's guest, Rob Hoff, the author of Contract with a Lycanthrope. Rob, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks a lot, Kyle. Great to be here with you.
0: I want to provide some background information for our listeners. Uh, Rob is a fellow Kentuckian like me. Uh, His writing career, this is from his bio, spans more than a decade of coverage for newspaper and magazine groups. His published novels include Cosmic Egg Rapture, the first of his exquisite corpse thriller series, and Contract with the Lycan Throne. That's his new release, released by Hydra Publications in 2019 and Crackers for a Lycanthrope in 1995. Uh, Rob, I, I spoke from your bio, but why don't you tell our listeners a little about yourself in your own words?
1: Well, first, let's just get this right off uh, of the, on the table right away here. I'm a I'm a medical patient, unlike you. So. Uh, but uh, I've written a couple books now with Hydra. Uh, Cosmic Egg Rapture came out March of 2018. Uh, that's a paranormal suspense novel uh, that's really inspired by uh, Dalvi- Sal- the artist Salvador Dali. And uh, Contract with the Lycanthrope uh, was released in January by Hydra Publications, and it's an occult horror novel. There's uh, a lot going on with it, as you may you know expect with the word lycanthrope in the title. It does involve <laughs> lycanthropy, so... Um, I'm just, uh, you know, pleased to be here with you talking about uh, novels. And it's, um, as always, good to be with you. And I appreciate you having me on.
0: Oh, it is my pleasure. Just for the listeners out there, I've spoken with a few authors now and I've enjoyed having every one of them on my show. But Rob, Rob's not just an author that I happen to know, he's actually a friend. I consider him a friend. Oh and yeah, Rob and I Rob and I met a few years ago when before Rob had been published by Hydra, um, we met. Well, I'll I'll let you tell the story, Rob. Why don't you tell the listeners how you and I met?
1: Yeah, we met in uh October of uh two thousand seventeen. It was at the Imaginarium convention that's uh held by Seven Star Press and uh Steven Zimmer and Holly Felipe. And uh, I was, yeah, you're right. I was looking for a book contract at the time and Hydra was actually there uh, with their authors as well as Tony Acre, uh the publisher. And you were there at, with your books and we had, I talked to you probably as much, if not more than anyone else there. And you were just dropping your publishing world knowledge on me right on the spot. So, um, you know, I definitely appreciated all the insight that you had about, what you had done at that point. And of course, um, you know, I ended up getting my deal, but after that, uh, I believe it was April where we did, we were uh, table mates at the Kentucky Anna authors fair in LaGrange last year. And then in uh, November in Lexington at the Kentucky horse park, the, where they moved the Kentucky book fair at the all tech center there, we were table mates again. So, yeah, we're we're accustomed to making the uh, author event rounds, and of course, you uh, ran into you down at there at the Louisville SuperCon too. So, we've talked quite a bit about publishing and you know other things. So, yeah, um, it's good to be on here with you doing this, uh, you know, together.
0: I w- I want to uh, mention to the audience too that Rob's not just a talented author, but he's also a great guy. I, my mother was with me selling books when we met Rob and his wife for the first time and every time I have an opportunity to interact with Rob he's just a friendly down to earth guy um, but why don't you tell us a little bit you mentioned Hydra Tell and, and how you got your uh, publishing contract with them tell tell the audience a little bit more about that how that happened when you were at the Imaginarium and tell the, tell the audience a little bit about uh, Hydra Publications
1: well, yeah, Hydra, uh, their presence, their views, uh, is, you know, I went to as well. It was interesting because last October, uh, Hydra was also at uh, the Imaginary Convention. And this time I was, you know, an author at the Hydra booth instead of a prospective author at the Hydra booth. But the conversations that I had at the time there with, uh, you know, Tony Acree led to an actual publishing contract you know, later that week. So uh that's pretty much how uh I was able to, you know, pretty much finalize the book contract with them. And of course the imaginary imaginarium convention that's uh you know Steven Zimmer puts on is just such a great uh place for you know not just authors but uh really creatives or they have their own film uh you know festival there and a lot of independent filmmakers and they give out awards and have a banquet and everything else. But, uh, it's just three days where it's a lot of fun. And, you know, there's a lot of guest uh, uh, authors that do come in. There's a lot of panels, workshops, uh, whether it's marketing books, whether it's, you know, how to write certain types of genre, uh, just a lot, a great time to, you know, for writers and creatives to kind of converge at one place for a few days. And that's in October. So that's a, and, you know, like I say, Hydra, I I think they have maybe 85 authors or titles in print. So the, the horror part, um, you know, really, I, I have a second book uh, to follow up in the Exquisite Corpse series with uh, Cosmic Egg Rapture. Uh, it's called Serpent Egg Rapture. And it does, it's still paranormal suspense, but it really goes into the occult horror realm as well. Where it gets into a lot of biblical apocrypha, and uh, there's you know uh, a lot of uh, scenes that are more characterized as horror than any other genre. So, they're really at the time contract with the Lycanthrope. I had, you know pitched it after Cosmic Ag rapture came out. Um, they ended up Stephen Paul Sayers. Uh, he's a professor at University of Missouri. He now has uh, two horror books out and uh, Tim McHorter is another um, horror writer with Hydra. And uh, he has a few books out. I'm not sure if they're all with Hydra or not, but um, they've actually, you know, they have, I think there's eight different imprints. So, you know, the, the mystery master, the unquestioned mystery master at Hydra is uh, the one and only Bill Knowl, who you know well, <laughs> and uh, of course Tony Acri, uh, Lynn Tinscher, uh, both supernatural thriller, uh, parapsychological, uh, you know, suspense as well. So there's romance, or uh, uh, and there's a couple nonfiction lines, including a children's line. So they have quite a quite a bit going on at Hydra. And uh, you'll see a lot of their authors in different places doing signings, doing, uh, you know, speaking or whatever the case may be. So uh, that ball's rolling along pretty well. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to having another title coming out hopefully within the next uh, couple months. They do have – they're kind of the host for the – I think it's called the uh the Kentuckiana or the Independent Kentuckiana Authors Fair now. It's the ninth year of it that'll be in LaGrange on uh uh April twentieth. So that'll be coming up on the Hydra schedule, you know, then and there'll be a lot of I don't know, fifty to a hundred writers. It just depends on how many end up coming that uh sign up to um you know have a table there. So that's kind of that uh what's going on with right. writer right now
0: well, let's talk about you what what got you interested in writing fiction
1: uh it, this goes really way back because uh, i you know i remember this pretty vividly uh, it was my second grade teacher where i went to elementary school in cincinnati uh, her name was uh, natalie crow and she had us writing assignments on those creative writing assignments on those, uh, you probably too young to even remember this, the big lined, uh, paper where we would practice our cursive. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if they do cursive anymore, but, um, yeah, mine were so my, my assignment or my, what I wrote was so scary that they actually had to call a special, uh, you know, principal parent conference just to make sure that I wasn't, you know, possessed by,
0: uh, I love that. A, uh, we'll Edgar Allan
1: Poe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but also, the re- interesting, re- oh. yeah, there, well, there was one other thing that was really a big influence for me as a kid, because I, I want to say I was eight or nine years old at the time, but the Carl Kolchak Night Stalker series came on TV, and I absolutely loved that. Col- Kolchak was a journalist in Chicago who, you know, always was, it, you know, at the wrong place at the wrong time and, you know, figured out he had to do the right thing or nobody else would do it. So he, he had to grapple with vampires and, you know, werewolves on cruise ships and, you know, zombies in junkyards. I mean, he ran the gamut of, you know, really kind of a precursor to like, you know, X-File stuff. And um, that was a big influence on me. I don't think it ran that long, but it was like a primetime TV, you know, uh, show back when there were really four, channels to choose from. So, that had a big influence on me.
0: Okay. Well, why don't we start talking about your new book, Contract with the Likens. Okay. Do you have do you have the description of your book, the blurb that you can read to our audience?
1: Uh sure. Um let me go ahead and read the part here of that's actually on the back of the book. Uh now it's got a quote here that's just the one kind of Two-line quote, you know, full moon siphon souls with beams of pull, the power of the spirit shreds the flesh away. Uh, with its backdrop of U.S. Supreme Court corruption and nuclear power plant sabotage, contract with the lycanthrope is one wild ride into the grisly dominion of the lycanthrope, whose ancient origin reveals the source of his otherworldly power. Through twists and thrills, it tests the boundaries of reality Rob Hoff's launch of his Lycanthrope series is an odyssey across a horrific landscape that careens between the supernatural and insane. How's that? <laughs> that,
0: that is a great description. That has me wanting to read it right now. Um, well, it
1: is, it's, it's what, one howl of a read. I'll, I'll say that.
0: Why don't you tell us about the book now in your own words?
1: It's fantastic, really. Actually, that's a I borrowed that from Steven Zibber. So he came up. He said you should say it's fantastic. So uh, I'll, I'll say that. But for me, there there was a lot going on to what I actually wanted to do. And there's some background information, you know, that's involved in this. But I really wanted to turn, you know, the Lycanthrope trope uh, loose for this kind of psychedelic romp through. Uh, you know, backwoods a team with like sorcery and organized crime. And of course, there's a werewolf or two involved. Um, Now, the the novel does have its share of violence, profanity and countercultural counterculture qualities that are consistent with the horror genre, especially like uh, folk horror and occult horror uh, because much of the inspiration uh, inspiration for the book did come from uh, the shape shifting literature uh that Carlos Castaneda uh wrote about in the late sixties, seventies and eighties, you know, such titles as the teachings of Don Juan about, you know, his uh apprentice apprenticeship as a uh you know doctoral candidate at UCLA, uh, who went to the Sonora Mountains and um uh, really got into the kind of ethnobotany side of this uh Culture that existed there that did deal with, you know, plants and uh, visions and astral travel and all those types of things. Journey to Ixlan, you know, Tales of uh, Power, the Fire uh, from Within, a lot of those kinds of titles. But uh, for me, like a movie like Pulp Fiction, not so much structurally, but in the way that the, the storyline's kind of driven by this action, you know, with these events happening and, um, you know, a lot of the, um, you know, violence really that takes place in that, that's kind of carried over into this to make it more of like a visual cinematic type uh, book. But uh, that blend kind of shows up in contract with the lycanthrope. And uh, now I kind of add this uh, like Welsh werewolf in Tennessee version of, you know, like the American werewolf in London. So kind of conscious of that, too, as well, kind of weaving in, you know, the the type of uh, what film-wise you would associate with werewolves. Not, not, not really anything like Twilight or, you know, anything necessarily that's like a paranormal romance. This is more mm-hmm. really occult horror. So really folk horror, like you would see a lot of the Movies that came out of the 60s and 70s.
0: I love it. I love it. Tell me more about the, the Wealth Werewolf. That's that's interesting to me.
1: Well, the, there is a, there's a, you know, doing research on this, and like I said, there is another, I did write another book, Crackers for Lycanthrope, that did set the foundation for a lot of this stuff, and, you know, I did... Like, you know, anyone would do, um, whether it would be if you're researching, you know, Dracula or if you're researching Frankenstein, uh, you know, the Mm -hmm. the researching werewolves, you run into, you know, titles like, say, you know, Sabine Baring Gold's The Book of Werewolves. uh, But there's, you know, so many different legends about werewolves in different parts of the world that uh, the one that I kind of gravitated to was a Welsh version. Uh, that had to do a lot with uh, uh, a really more feral and you know violent kind of um, cultural, almost civil war type uh, atmosphere. But it tied tied it into there you know the legend of uh, the Welsh Prince Madoc. Now you know there's a couple different versions of that legend, uh, but. They end up in the, you know, the falls of the Ohio with the, the idea of the Welsh Indians who either, whether you believe it's the 6th century or the 12th century, uh, whatever the case, you know, may be, that uh, Madoc was a Welsh prince who came to America a couple of times and brought people with him mm-hmm. and settled the region and actually lived in you know, what would be considered Appalachian, the Ohio river Valley and the descendants basically were those called the moon eyed people. So, and the, the legend of Madoc pops up in uh, different places. I mean, the Filson historical society in Louisville has a lot of documentation on that the archeological site at the falls of the Ohio, where it's believed the remains of uh, many of those that were slaughtered by, um, you know, native Americans like the Shawnee at the time, um, may or may not actually have been buried there, but uh, a writer like one of my favorites, Terry uh, Chambers, who wrote uh, a book called Rose Island, which is set right there, uh, where, where, what I'm talking about, Madoc also figures in her work as well, but that's kind of where that legend came from, or that uh, influence came from in the book, and it, it is, uh, it becomes a prevalent, you know, theme throughout that, and there, there's a, there's Welsh mushrooms involved in this, so uh, there's yeah, there's definitely a Welsh flavor. No Welsh rabbits, but you know, I you know, retrospect, I probably should have had one or two in there.
0: No, it's funny you say that. One of the things that's legitimately interesting to me uh, about the werewolf genre are all the different kinds of werewolves. I mean, you can have the the shapeshifters that basically turn into wolves. You can have the full fledged werewolves, bipedal. Walk, walking around, um, you can have um, people who have no control uh, versus um, you could have sorcery magic involved. Uh, you mentioned the Welsh. Uh, I have a werewolf book that uh, hopefully will see the light of day one day. My editor is still uh, working on that on that, going through that. I'd hope to have it out a little earlier, but she. Well. Um, but the but the type of werewolf in that is the uh, I'm, I'm no I'm not pronouncing this right, but the lu Guru. It's a French werewolf, uh-huh. and it has right. more magical abilities associated with it than what we think of when we imagine the traditional werewolf here in the United States.
1: Okay. Well, if you if you're interested now, you may not want to have it see the light of day. You would want it to see the light of night. And if you know, you let me know, and we'll see what we do. But I'm sure Hydra Publications would be. More than happy to help you, you know, accommodate your publishing needs in that regard. And hey, me and you could even go out and do a signing somewhere if you like. How's that?
0: Well one I, I tell you, once the book comes out, you and I definitely need to do a team a Werewolf Bros signing. Look I forgot to ask you this. How much does the book cost in paperback and ebook and where is it available to purchase?
1: Uh well the trade paperback you can get through I mean Amazon for $14.99. You can order them through, you know, bookstores, but, um, you can get them there or, you know, I, obviously I do signings and like I mentioned the, uh, on April 20th in LaGrange, I think it's from 10 to five. I want to say it's in the old, uh, the downtown YMCA building. Um, I'll actually offer, as a special for that event, uh, $12 copies of the contract with the lycanthrope and also, uh, cosmic egg rapture. And if you hear it and say, I heard you on the hellbender radio show with Kyle Alexander Romines, I'll give you both of them for 20 bucks. And I might even have, I, I'm trying to get the, uh, serpent egg rapture. I've got the cover ready. I'm ready to do the reveal on that. As soon as I get the the go ahead, I've got, you know, a nice blurb from a, um, you Know, uh, uh, lady, an actress that also does a lot of audio book adaptations who's going to provide a uh, back cover blurb for that. But I'm hoping to have the launch at the same time, it might be pushing it a little bit. The publisher has it, but you know, it's not there yet. But uh, the Kindle, if you don't want to wait, you don't want to get a print book, uh, you can get the Kindle version of this for $3.99. From Amazon, of course, you know, you can Barnes and Noble and everything else. But uh, if you go to the Amazon site, you can look inside and you can read, you know, 20 percent or 10 percent, whatever it is of the actual book from the beginning. So that'll give you an idea if it's because uh, it is, you know, this is um, contract with the lycanthrope is the first novel in this occult horror series that I am calling the lycanthrope. And it, it's it's a mature rated novel that does develop see, uh, themes that I did start in 1995 with the crackers for a lycanthrope novel that I did uh, that was set in the red river gorge uh, region of Kentucky. So, uh, but the, yeah, that you can get it on Amazon 1499 399 on Kindle uh, April 20th, the, the independent Kentucky authors fair. Um, you can get it for 12 or both of my books for 20.
0: Now, Rob, I understand that you have an excerpt of your new book, and again, this is the Hellbender Book Network, Hellbender Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. I'm your host, Kyle alexander Romans, author of The Keeper of the Crows, and my guest tonight is Rob Hoff, the author of the new werewolf book, The Contract with the Lycanthrope. And, Rob, will you go ahead and read your excerpt of your book for our listeners?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Let me go ahead and pull this part up. All right. Now, this was on the, I, 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 I kind of tagged this on the back cover as well. So I'll start with this. This is a quote. Full moon siphoned souls with beams of pull. The coarse voice of the one-legged granny woman thundered ubiquu- ubiquitously from the heavens. The power of the spirit shreds the flesh away. The moon-eyed dwellers in darkness have a friend in the night to project them from the nightmare of daylight. Who shall ever shall witness the arrival of this creature shall feast upon its freedom. Should its fang sink into your heart, rest assured all sorrow shall depart. Its glimmer in the distance embarks from its eyes. The wilderness entreats its will to survive. The light showers down with sparks that surprise. The fire of its soul glows forevermore. Doc dragged the duffel bag with him as he crawled to his car in the glowing silence that followed the outburst of the disembodied voice. As he leaned against the tire, he panted and gaped at the throbbing glow within the circle of rock. He felt its beat match the quickened coarsening of blood through his own heart until a prolonged howl fractured the silence in the distance below him, far beyond the outcrop of sandstone. Doc managed to stand, leaning against the hood of the car, as he cast his eyes towards the place where the moon had hung in the sky. The howl then repeated, louder and much closer now. Doc flung the driver's door open, then grabbed the duffel bag and tossed it into the back seat before he ducked into the driver's seat. As he slammed the door shut and locked the door, the howl blasted again, this time from the side of the ridge itself. The ghostly resonance echoed through him with urgency. And as you can imagine, Doc's about uh he's just about ready to have an encounter with a uh with a lycanthrope.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, well tell us <laughs> tell us Rob. Um yeah, I know. and, and it, again, if you're listening and you're interested in werewolves, horror or just a good read, check out Contract with a Lycanthrope by Rob Hoff. That's Rob with two B's and Hoff with two F's. Yep.
1: Got that right. Now,
0: Rob, you mentioned that uh, when I, you were talking about what inspired Contract with the Lycanthrope, that you had written a, a book previously called Crackers for a Lycanthrope. Why don't you tell right. our listeners about that?
1: Well, the, the contract with the Lycanthrope that just came out from Hydra, um, it it really grew organically. Uh, from my first werewolf novel, The Crackers for Lycanthrope, uh, which was, you know, published more than 20 years ago. Uh, The Werewolf read definitely inspired both books, but, um, you know, contract with Lycanthrope is a little bit different in regard to, it was, uh, it was really inspired by this, you know, this notion of criminal enterprise, political uh, corruption, uh, and in some respects, you know, current events like Supreme Court Justice nominees and you know, some of the safety issues involved that are always ongoing with any kind of nuclear power plant operation or, you know, nuclear uh, material processing. But um, uh, that, that, the, the the source for that came really from, you know, in fact the, the voice, the disembodied voice of the granny woman. She's a character that uh, really the first book now it's not it's not really the first book of the series because it was written 20 years ago so i don't really consider it in that way but like i say the contract was like it's the first book but it did grow out of this book and the granny character uh was you know prominent in crackers uh which is you know it's a first-person narrative about a man who returns to his childhood home in kentucky after living in europe for you know more than a decade And that journey starts in the Red River Gorge of Kentucky, then focuses upon his relationship with his dying grandmother, who has a most peculiar uh, legacy to bequeath to him, which, as it turns out, has a little bit of something to do with, you know, lycanthropy.
0: Now, you published this book, you said, in 1994? Yeah, that that book.
1: Yeah. The, the, publishing the publishing industry, industry. has changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That was a whole different process, and I, I didn't even try to market that book. Uh, it, it it grew out of I had actually been commissioned to write mm-hmm. a fishing guide in Cincinnati, and part of my deal with that was to actually you know secure the printing for it. And I got to become pretty good friends with a printer in Ohio. And uh, when this I you know I just decided my wife and I Debbie were just getting our lives started and um uh, I thought, well if I'm ever gonna do this, if you know, I always I wanted to write a book. I mean I studied I got a bachelor's degree in English literature from, you know, University of Evansville in Indiana and studied a year in, you know, Harleston College in, in uh outside of London, you know, went to the Royal Shakespeare Theatre and went to the Lake District where, you know, Wordsworth and Shelley and Keats were, you know all there. They weren't there. I was there, obviously, but, um, yeah, it was, um, something I wanted to do. So when I wrote it, I started talking to him and next thing I know I was putting together that, the cover and everything else. And then back in those days, it was a matter of doing stuff like this. I mean, I would be on, you know, radio stations that, you know, you tune into on your car and everything else before there was any, anything like Skype or, you know, zoom or what we're doing now. So, uh, of course there wasn't any Amazon either. So a lot of the stuff was signings and, you know, going, uh, doing the Barnes and Noble circuit and Joseph Beth and, uh, smaller bookstores and that type of thing, which is, you know, it's unusual now because I haven't even done a signing in a bookstore yet. And I've had a book out since March of 2018. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to start doing some of that. Cause like, you know, with Hydro, you'll see the Hydra publication booth at a lot of the you know, bigger conventions, uh and I like, you know, they have their authors go and you usually have four or five authors there selling their books and uh they'll have the full spread of the hider stuff. So I haven't done a lot any book signings at bookstores, which I, maybe I'll wait till your werewolf book comes out and then maybe that'll be the first one. I don't know. Uh oh we'll have but, a
0: good uh day. I already have a place in mind that I'll okay. do
1: really well at you and me
0: together we'll we'll have some fun
1: uh yeah we'll have fun and i you know we'll 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 you'll you'll bring your french version of of the werewolf legend and i'll you know introduce folks to the welsh one so (laughs) they'll have to they'll have to they'll have to to do like they did down in lexington at the book fair and you know they'll end up buying uh one of each of our books yeah
0: yeah um this is just an aside. Uh, when you were talking about the Red River Gorge, do you did you spend a lot of time there? Do you visit the gorge? I, for for listeners not in the Kentucky, not familiar in the Kentucky, not from the Kentucky area, can you tell them a little bit about the gorge?
1: Well, yeah, the you know the gorge is really an amazing place with a lot of, you know, uh, it's a gorge. I mean, it's not quite the Grand Canyon or anything, but it's still. Uh, provides remarkable vistas and uh just all kinds of fascinating you know rock formations like the 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 natural bridge or the angels window is one of windows or that's one of my absolute favorites and uh the nada tunnel i mean there's all kind you know there's water abounding through there and uh it's just a, a place that just feels you know primordial. I mean a lot of people in Cincinnati area, uh, all throughout, you know, central Kentucky, they all you know, they know all about what the gorge is is and what it's all about. But uh, yeah that that was the setting for the uh for contra or the uh crackers with a lycotope. That's how it starts out. So and the, I've been to the gorge
0: and I I think it's beautiful. I I've been camping with my family and I've gone hiking there. It's a wonderful oh, yeah. time. Uh, It's one of my favorite things in Kentucky.
1: Yeah. The history of that. uh, Now there is a kind of an interesting, uh, you know, history behind, well, how I applied the history to the books, because one of the big things and I even put this in contract with Lycanthrope, uh, there was a concerted effort in, you know, this, I want to say late sixties, early seventies. And uh, I think Diane Sawyer, the journalist was involved in it and Wendell Berry. And, A bunch of others but they actually got a supreme court justice william o douglas to visit the gorge and you know they were lobbying not to flood it uh to build like a hydroelectric plant so they didn't but in you know that's why that setting to me was also kind of had this you know added significance but in contract with the lycanthrope I take that setting and I put it where they did build the hydroelectric plant. So it doesn't name it specifically, but it's Teleco Lake and it's the flooding of the Little Tennessee River uh, that buried like the, you know, ancient Cherokee city of Chota. So that's where a lot of this stuff takes place. There's actually underwater scenes and, you know, where worlds open up. Almost like a John Eury Lloyd, you know, subterranean landscape kind of thing. So, uh, well, not quite that. <laughs> I don't know if you know who John Urey Lloyd was, but he wrote some interesting things at the early twentieth century, and he was uh, a pharma Pharma. pharma uh, he was in the farm. He has an actual. There's a museum in Cincinnati, the John Eury L- Lloyd Library, uh, where he was. Uh, really one of the fathers of pharmacology in the United States, uh, at the time. And, um, I think a lot of his abstracts are there. And he wrote a book called, uh, it's actually Aphrodite spelled backwards. It's kind of a hollow earth novel. And, uh, he did another book called long Stringtown Pike, which was like a murder mystery involving chemical reactions with strychnine. So pretty interesting stuff. And, uh, you know, to me, the red river gorge, uh, that all kind of blends into that kind of, uh, you know, Kentucky flavor of mystery and adventure and so forth. And I tried to do what I could to carry that over in the book that I did with crackers for lycanthrope. And by extension, you know, the contract with lycanthrope carries some of that into the, actually into Tennessee.
0: Now, are you ever planning on uh, republishing crackers for lycanthrope? I,
1: I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'll have to see what, uh, right now, um, like I said, I just finished serpent egg rapture and you know, that, that just, I, I'm going to have to, I'll have to recuperate. I'm like, I'm like the, uh, I don't know if hellbenders can regrow their tail, but I feel like the lizard that's lost its tail and I need to just kind of, you know, take some time to regenerate a new one for a while. And before I go into the next, uh, uh, book, but the second book in uh, the Lycanthrope series, I really want to delve more into the Madoc legend uh, to extend from where it ends in this book. So that's probably where I'll go with that. So there's a chance that you know the the actual Crackers book may not ever uh, come out. Now, I you know that was like. that wasn't a, they didn't have print on demand either then. Right. So those were actually runs that were printed by the printer. And, uh, you know, the copies, uh, the covers were done through a lithographer and then the, the, you know, I picked the actual covers up, took them to the printer, and he put it all together and then sent it out for the binding and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I have probably, I want to say a little, it might be right around 50 copies of that left, and that's all there is. So um, that may be all there ever is. I don't know that I'll ever do anything with that again. I might, I might not. I'm I'm not sure yet. But I don't think I'm going to have it be part of this series, Um, you know, because at this point, the things that are most interesting to me that I do want to write about further are not that they're going forward. Now they may come back to that area and the, you know, you might see this recurring characters that you see, you know, Virgil is a character who comes, who's in a contract with Lycanthrope in addition to the granny. So, and then it gives you a little, if you've read the first book, you, you like, Oh, okay, this is the Lycanthrope. Okay. So uh, it might shed light in that regard. And at some point I might decide to, you know issue it depending on you know how how much further i do develop the madoc thing because to me that's one of the most interesting uh parts of kentucky history or possible history you know it's like where you get started getting into the roanoke colony and you know other uh, earlier exploration of north america because one of the things I get into a lot with serpent A Ra- rapture, it starts to really uh, tie together Mayan uh, uh, myth with uh, and Mayan, you know, cultural, uh, you know, uh, personages, um, ideas with biblical ones. So you know, you start to see this connection that hey there's you know there's been other other uh access to areas you know along before the the kind of the customarily held beliefs would uh you know have people believe so that's really what i want to develop with the lycanthrope series
0: i have one last question about the lycanthrope series before we move on to some of your other works and your writing career Mm -hmm. And that's what got, what got you interested in werewolves in the first place?
1: Um, Boy, I tell you the, uh, you know, from an early age, I mean, just the idea of the old werewolf movies, there was something so visceral that was, you know, if you look at all the kind of different monster stuff, um, you know, Dracula was this steeped in this, you know, Romanian thing. And it was like, okay, this is like, you know um the the eternally damned is with this blood that's different than everything else i mean the werewolf was like you know different than that different than the mummy it was just this real kind of con- visceral connection with this energy force it's like you know almost a personification of the inner person coming out without the 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 restrictions or constraints of the the conscious mind, just this, you know, beast mode coming out. Uh, I, that had a lot of appeal, but as a kid, la- you know, later on, I mean, the American werewolf in London, I uh, I think I saw, I saw that before I even went, I, I went to study, you know, English literature in in England right out of high school, as a freshman in high school. And, you know, uh, that was, <laughs> I, I wasn't trying to, you know, portray an American werewolf in London while I was there but you know it that's always in your mind kind of when when you're there uh but later on there was another movie called Wolf uh with Jack Nicholson and uh Michelle Pfeiffer and uh James Spader that uh interesting enough I actually had met a, a a writer at uh University of Evansville who came and uh you know did a talk and reviewed some manuscripts and stuff like that the guy named Al Young who knew the screenwriter for uh Wolf who's who was Jim legend Jim uh, Harrison who is you know an absolute literary literary legend i'd mm-hmm. already read books by him and most people are more familiar with him he was a screenwriter for wolf but they know him by legends of the fall that movie with you know Brad Pitt and Anthony Hopkins and uh Revenge with Madeline Stowe and uh Kevin Costner and Anthony Quinn but um uh, he had actually written a novel uh, entitled a false memoir uh called Wolf that was like about his uh you know young adulthood in the late 60s and it dealt with his quest to go see a wolf in the wild but it really the structure of that book and this kind of idea of connecting with those that those sensory that heightened awareness and sensory perception that's different that the way we kind of almost romanticize you know the the powers that a wolf has to be able to know where it is and what's going on and how it can function at night and how it can function individually and within a pack and all those types of things that's a that's a uh, uh, to me that's a really interesting dynamic as far as being able to you know translate that into. Uh, a book and a character that can perceive that way because it does fall back into this kind of shape-shifting uh, trope. You know, you do find that hey, there's there's this ability, there's this transformation, there's the metamorphosis. You know, uh, so there's this this whole dynamic that takes place that that I find as far as writing about you know one type of monster over another that. The, the the werewolf and lycanthropy uh has a has a different kind of appeal.
0: Well, with that in mind, uh, I want to re- take the time we have left to talk more about your writing process and and just rob hot let the listeners get to know Rob Hoff. Before I do that, I want to remind our listeners that this is the Hellbender book show on the BookSpeak network. And our guest tonight is Rob Hoff, the author of the new werewolf horror novel, Contract with a Lycanthrope. I'm your host, Kyle Alexander Romines, the author of The Keeper of the Crows, and my new book, Drone, a superhero novel, is available on Kindle for ninety nine cents on Amazon only through today. And even as I speak, it's number seven in the superhero Kindle category. Nice. So this is your chance. This is this is your day. Go get this it. is your time. If Go you want get, to get Drone. If you're looking for a great 350 page uh, read for only for less than a cup of coffee, you want to get Drone by Carlos yeah. and Romans. All right. And you also want like there by contract with the lycanthrope, Rob Haas. Two B's, two F's. All right. That's so right. Rob, so let's talk more about your <laughs> writing process. What is your writing process like?
1: Well, it's got to be all about revelation. If I don't feel like I've just realized something that is, to me, you know, urgent to convey, then I don't see that being pursued further. So a lot of times these things kind of map out in my head and I'll see images. A lot of, a lot of what I do, and I noticed this when I returned to fiction after not writing it for a long time, Uh, I did. The the Cosmic Egg Rapture is really heavily influenced by the artist Salvador Dali, techniques that he applied, uh, concepts that he had uh, about the artistic process, about the state of mind that he would induce to see the things that he uh, would transcribe once he, they were revealed to him. And so it's this real, you know, process of revelation. Uh, now I try to really let each book guide itself in terms of how that revelation takes place. Uh, but, you know, one of the commonalities that the, the, all these books share uh, is there is a lot of research that does go in into in play and part of that my background you know besides journalism for newsprint uh, and writing you know magazine articles uh, I did I was involved in a few nonfiction you know book projects that required extensive research as a medical you know, you you understand the value of significant research to find out what it is you you know you need to find out to know what you need to know to be able to do what you want to do or can do. So that discovery, uh, a lot of the revelation itself is sprung by that research. So take Madoc, take the Welsh werewolf, you know, take the uh, the the Supreme Court, uh, you know influence on not to damn the Red River and to damn the Little Tennessee River. So research factors in a lot about that, but the the writing itself has to be, you know, revelation, and I I enjoy the buzz of that. I really, you know, something, when I can pull off something that mesmerizes me, I feel like, well, if I can get to where you can see what I'm looking at and, you know, how it's pieced together, um, you know, I hope that's something that, readers take away and are are like wow so uh but at the same time that is something that i find somewhat disconcerting about the process because you can get so immersed in the craft and so immersed in the content that you know it can really leave you uh thin around the edges and you know one of the things with the exquisite corpse series that i'm finding is that the level of research is, especially as it jumped, you know, because there's a lot of uh, Egyptology, you know, Hall of Records, Edgar Cayce, Atlantis, you know, that type of, uh, you know, really alternative history uh, approach to, you know, human origins and, uh, you know, civilization itself. So that gets extended into this kind of you know, Battle Royale uh in Serpent Egg Rapture where it does even further go into the kind of apocrypha about, you know, like the books of Enoch, uh, biblical references, whether it's the, the Nephilim or um, you know, angels, demons, there's a lot of activity that goes on in that book, a lot of a lot of it's set in Paris uh, Amsterdam. And, you know, there's also, uh, the, uh, I don't want to, I don't, I'm not going to tip this one yet, but there's some local interest as well in, in the Ohio river Valley region. So, uh, but not made So, but you, you know, one of the things was, you mentioned the werewolf, uh, thing as well. i, I made a concerted effort to really kind of tip the scales in contract with a lycanthrope where, you know, people typically associate like the Supreme Court with, you know, this is the law of the land. These these are the the best and the the brightest and the most judicious minds in America who control the legis, you know, the the legal uh, uh, parameters for the nation, and that's the good. And then this lycanthrope werewolf beast, typically you would think of, and I just saw this on Twitter which if you check out at red legs, Rob, you'll see a lot of my uh, posts and stuff on there, but somebody had this where uh, they were talking about how the werewolf, uh, they were giving examples of how the werewolf myth actually was Instagram. And you can check that out at Rob Hoff lycanthrope. Uh, But uh, how the, the werewolf was flipped so that it wasn't this beast like terrorizing the countryside and, you know feasting on the people it was actually doing something good so where the Supreme Court is this corrupt in my in the contract with the lycanthrope this corrupt force that's really like an organized crime international organized crime syndicate and then the lycanthropes almost this you know ragtag network of <laughs> of uh, of, uh, of, a, of a of a platoon trying to offset you know uh, the what's taken place and right the wrongs that have taken place. So that kind of stuff too, factors in kind of the writing process as well.
0: We have about 10 minutes left before I ask you some of my final questions. Why don't you briefly uh, tell the audience about your first book, cosmic egg rapture? Uh,
1: Well, uh, that's still, you can get that on Amazon as well. Um it's uh like I say it's the first book of the exquisite corpse uh thriller series and that is uh Exquisite as an E G G S Exquisite uh and that is based on the exquisite corpse game that the surrealists created in like the 20s where different artists or writers would take turns writing on or drawing on each other's work until they had this collaboration uh but that book starts out a lot of that set in Carrollton, Kentucky, but the most of it's set in uh, one of the most beautiful places of the country that I've been in, the the northern neck peninsula of uh, Virginia between the Potomac and Rappahannock River. Um, A lot of that setting takes place there, and it is, you know, there's a lot of Salvador Dali influence in that regarding the, you know, paracritical or the uh, paranoid critical method, Uh, and I actually tried to use that, employ that to present this phantom cosmic egg that is actually, uh, you know, materializes out of this Salvador Dali performance in like 1965 when he had sold the worldwide rights to his lithography and he was in Manhattan and he's in this coffin-like thing covered in dollar bills and coins and has an egg as he's laying down between his lip and nose and pokes it and all these ants crawl out. And then he stands up in this thing and waves this wand around until he points to the ceiling and it's a poster of Albert Einstein. That's how Cosmic Egg Rapture and it, you know, it gets weirder from there. So be be warned. <laughs> I call it a work of magic surrealism uh, because there's nothing else like it that I've ever seen. But by the end of the book, the story is just a story about a pair of soulmates who find each other against all odds with some help from the artist Salvador Dali, of course.
0: Well, why don't you tell us, Rob, uh what you found in writing that you enjoy most and what do you like least about writing?
1: Well, again, the the thing I like the most is the process of revelation uh that you know comes about during the course of writing. Uh, you know, and I do like the research, you know. Uh the thing I don't like about writing novels specifically is uh they can become you know so overwhelming in the world you're creating and how much of that you have to sustain at any given time and as a writer you know you're you're trying to write and you're trying to market and there's a lot of other things you're trying to coordinate and uh you know the task of being able to keep all that you know straight in your head can become uh more and more challenging especially the more complicated the The material becomes so that's what I like and that's what I dislike but at the same time you really can't have one without the other
0: well have you enjoyed it have you enjoyed being published what kind of feedback and reception have you gotten Uh, what kind of time you always seem to me like you have such a wonderful time at events whenever I see you and it could just be that you're such an upbeat positive guy naturally but it's just it's always just a joy to encounter you and your lovely wife Uh, but why don't you tell us a little bit about how the, how the book has been received?
1: Um, a lot of people have read it, liked it. The, as far as the, uh, you know, the cosmic egg rapture now contract with a lycanthrope. Um, there's some people that just are, have been blown away by how, how, uh, how much action's actually in it and how much more, you know, people that I've talked to that have read both, um, you know, they're. I think they're surprised a little bit how cinematic minded it is. So the action is really driven, uh, drives everything that happens in there to where, uh, you know, the people that read this are finding themselves, I don't want to say less (laughs) able to put it down than say cosmic egg rapture, but uh, the, the, the action carries itself. Whereas the, the cosmic egg rapture you do have to have more of a background of what's going on around uh these two people and how they get you know uh the 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 two soulmates and how their this transfiguration takes place out of the Salvador Dali performance but um yeah reception wise i mean you know uh, people like it and uh, i do want to go to bookstores though and see uh you know get that kind of perspective on things cuz you know A lot of times I'm selling books to like a six foot Pikachu or, uh, you know, a wonder woman. And, you know, (laughs) it's like, I, when I first saw that, I was like, you talk about having fun. Uh, I I was talking with a friend of mine who wanted to do cosplay, like with anime. And I was like, you know what, look at my book cover. And I would love to have somebody cosplay that. So she started cosplaying the title character in uh, or the, the, the main female character in, um, Cosmic Day Rapture, Serena. So she actually goes, <laughs> would go around dressed like Serena with a, with a card, holding my book and take it out and say, well, here, go to, go to this booth, go to the Hyder booth. And, you know, you get a, you'll get Serena's discount if you decide to buy the book kind of thing. So, uh, but yeah, having fun. I mean, if you're not having fun at this point, you know, that's, uh, yeah, it gets, it gets more like work the more you have and the more you need to, you know, sell to keep going. Uh, but yeah, you know, when when my wife and I hit 50, we we made a pact that 50 was a new 15. So we're going to ride that wave until, you know, we're no longer in our fifties, I guess. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Is there anyone you'd like to thank, Rob?
1: Uh, Oh, uh, I'd like to thank you, Kyle, for having me on today. I really do appreciate it. And it's always a pleasure to talk to you, whether we're, you know, this is like it's just me and you talking, really, you know, like it has been any time we run across our paths cross each other. And hopefully they'll cross again when you get that werewolf thing out. Uh, And, uh, you know, will you bring your French werewolf? I'll bring my Welsh one. How's that?
0: That sounds good. Um, We still have two or three minutes left. Why don't you tell, um, what else do you have up your sleeve?
1: Oh, um, boy, I have probably only like a purple ace because I did graduate, you know, from the University of Evansville back in the late 20th century, uh, you know, when they didn't even have Amazon.com. But seriously, there's really no telling with me. The the serpent egg rapture, is you know i kind of marveled at what i was able to create and i've had five six different beta readers on this thing so and all of them are coming back and some that haven't read previous didn't read the cosmic egg rapture some that have and they're 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 pretty they're pretty blown away by what they're reading so that's a good thing
0: and my last question for you rob is where can readers go to find out more information about you and your books?
1: Funny you should ask. Robhoffauthor.com. That's Rob R O B B Hoff H O F F author A U T H O R dot com. There's a newsletter sign up. Uh, I post books that I review on there, and there's order option. There there are order options. There's ordering options for signed copies of my books. So. Robhoffauthor.com, uh, at Red Legs Rob on Twitter, uh, Robhoff Lycanthrope on Instagram, and RobHoffAuthor Author on Facebook.
0: Fantastic. Rob, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, I have had such a wonderful time talking to you, and for everyone out there, get on Amazon now. Contract with the Lycanthrope by Rob Hoff, 2B fa-
1: and 2F. It's fantastic.
0: All right. Thank you, Rob. Goodbye.
1: All right. Thank you, Kyle. Take care, buddy.
0: Bye bye. Bye, Ben. This has been the Hellbender Book Show. I'm your host, Kyle Romans. Take care.